Hi, and welcome to Change Nation. I'm Ariane, and today I'm talking to career expert and author Nicole Williams. She is the author of two great, wildly successful books, one being Wildly Sophisticated, A Bold New Attitude for Career Success, and the other is titled Earn What You're Worth. She's also pretty much just closed and edited her third book, called Girl on Top, which will be coming out, I believe, September. in September. Mm-hmm. So everyone needs to go pick up that as well. <laughs> we are going to be talking really about careers, job market right now, what it takes to get a job, keep a job, negotiate mm-hmm. in a job. So definitely very timely subject. So welcome, Nicole. It's great to have you oh, on the I'm show. Oh, I'm so pleased to be here. Thank you. Lots to talk about. Mm-hmm. So challenging job market right now. It is, unquestionably. What do you think is going to make it easier for people as they navigate this type of job market? Yeah, well, I think it's knowing that this is a tough job market. That's true. You know, unemployment rates are, you know, staggeringly high. You've got an economy that, you know, people can't make sense of right now. So what's happening in businesses is people are sort of holding tight. They're not sure what to do. They're generally speaking, laying off you know, they're dead weight. I think one of the interesting things that happen in this kind of economy is there's this great excuse to get rid of the people who aren't actually pulling their weight. So there is opportunity in the job market. If you're looking for an opportunity, actually, I think now is a fantastic time for a couple of different reasons. But I think you do have to be realistic about what's happening. And knowing that the number one difference in this kind of economy is that it's just going to take longer. So you need to know that you're going to be at this for a while and not to give up too early, which people invariably do. So there are jobs out there. There are. And people should still be optimistic. Yes. Because? Yeah, absolutely. Because now, you know, as a business owner, you're a business owner, we all know that now we have to pull out. Like, we have to produce now. And by virtue, I don't do that by myself. You don't do that by yourself. We need great, talented people. We as employers are going to be more discerning, but we do. We've had this great excuse to get rid of people who are not performing. And I think that when you come in in this environment, you are inherently optimistic. You can prove that you are going to affect a business's bottom line. I can't afford not to hire you. And that's what you need to know. You need to go into that interview. You need to be circuit seat excuse me, seeking opportunity from the perspective of, you know, yes, like now is the time. It's, you know, we all know, like you're an expert in change. It's all in your head. (laughs) If you're going to succeed or if you're not going to succeed, so much of it is what you actually think is going to happen. I like you. You're a fellow change optimist, which Mm. is what we're all about here on the show. What are some of the mistakes that you see people make? They don't even realize they're making them as they go into the job market, as they start looking for a job. Yeah, they don't know enough about what they're getting into. There's this thing in the world of work, it's called tribalism. You look and sound like me and my company, and I then make the connection that you're the right fit. And people come in so vastly unprepared. They, especially in a market like this, they're thinking quantity instead of quality. So they're applying to 100 jobs. I 
so don't believe in that strategy, you know, pick 10 companies that you are going to know inside and out that you're going to research, you're going to know that person's past. With the internet, like in today's day and age, there is no excuse to go into a job, even a networking environment, anywhere. You should know what it is that you're talking about. If you're a seeker, get in and try. And so this is it. It's the being unprepared. And it's not being broad-minded in terms of where the opportunity is. You're everywhere. I don't care if you're in a grocery store, if you are taking the subway, there are opportunities everywhere. And I think we have to be more broad-minded and look a little further um, to find opportunity now. But yeah. It's definitely one of my questions, which is, where are people not looking for jobs? Oh, in their own backyard. Like it is, they are looking on Monster, they're looking at the typical job boards. But I know again, as an employer, I'm not using job boards anymore because there are people unemployed and I'm going through my network. I'm asking friends or other people, you know, in my industry, if they know of someone. It's so often, jobs are found. It's, it's not, I just so, job boards are way overrated. It is going to come through people. So this is the one interesting thing, Ariane. People have, we call it the got it all together disease. They'll talk about their sex lives, about their diets, you know, their relationships. When it comes to their career, they feel kind of vulnerable in that. So they don't talk about the fact that they are afraid of being laid off. They are looking for a new opportunity. And do you know anyone who might be able to help me? Ask that question and you are going to be so surprised what comes to fruition. People inherently want to help each other and they feel good by virtue of that. So, you know, just don't underestimate your immediate Rolodex, the people you know, that's where you need to be looking for a job right now. Do you find that there's specific advice you would give men versus women as to how they approach their career? Are men better at something or women do too much, too little? Yeah, that's a fantastic question because yes, <laughs> women tend to th- take things too personally. So they take their careers personally. So when they're told no, if there isn't an opportunity, they're told no to a promotion or to a raise, they feel personally slighted. Whereas men, have this level of ego protection where it's kind of like you see it on the dating scene it's like oh she her loss <laughs> you know it's it's her problem it's everyone else's problem it's the environment and I've seen this time and time again we've done this sort of informal study women ask for a raise and they think you know she's the problem when she's told no versus a man who thinks it's you know it's the environment it's the economy they're able to externalize it so they ask for more and they they will put themselves in more vulnerable positions because they've got this level of, you know, ego kind of protection. And like, let's be honest, you know, it's, I truly believe in bringing yourself to the game. But at the end of the day, this is, you you have to not take it so vulnerable. If you do, you're going to end up crying and not trying because you're in a perpetual state of fear. It's, it's tough. How would you help people who are thinking about making a career change where their resume might not necessarily fit with the type of job or the type of Mm. career they might want to make? Is now a good time to do that? Or do you think hunker down and get good at the skills that you already have? Yeah. No, it's a great question again. And what I'm finding is people are, are being laid off. They feel insecure in their jobs. And it's almost like this great gift. They've hated this job anyways. They didn't enjoy this in the first place. So this, 
you know, economic crisis, this job crisis ends up being this great gift where they have the opportunity to look at, is this really what I want to do? And I think when times are hard, people are more aware of their level of satisfaction around their job. The thing is, though, changing into a new career or a second career, it takes time. And I, I, I'm a big proponent of, um, setting yourself up for success. So know that in this job market, it is, you know, on average, it's taken four to six months. If you are going in this economy, and if you're going to change industries completely, I'd be prepped for, you know, a six to a full year transition time. So financially, are you prepared for that? Emotionally, mentally, are you prepared for that? Because the greatest mistake I see people make is they give up too early. They haven't set themselves up for the long haul success. And it's always worth it. And it's absolutely possible. And especially in times like this, because a lot of people have given up without even trying. So the competitive marketplace, there are a lot of people who are staying in their jobs because they are scared and understandably so. So just know that there aren't as many job seekers out there right mm -hmm. now. And I think companies are more desperate than ever to find great talent. So you get that combination and it is a time to change. How do you convince or inspire an employer that even though you don't have the necessarily back background that they're yeah. looking for, that yeah. you are the right person to take a, a risk on? Again, a great question. I think we, we call it, my investor, it's betting on the jockey. You know, it's, it is, who are you? What is your person? And I remember to this day, one of the most valuable um, people I've ever hired was a woman who she didn't have the specific skill sets I was looking for but one of the things she had on her resume was enormous capacity for work I'm like hello you're so hired I think it's you know communicating the fact you it's sort of like the elephant in the room you say listen I, I see my resume I know my job experience I know I haven't you know done this specific job but here is what I have done this is what I've learned these are the courses I'm taking this is how I'm skilling myself up then what you need to know about about me is that I'm a tremendously hard worker. I'm very disciplined and I'm committed to exceeding your expectations. I think when you just put it out that way, like don't you as, as someone who hires people, like I'm so, I can train you. I, I'm not worried about your skill set. I'm worried about your attitude. Like, are you willing and able to dig into this? That's the most important thing. That's what I'm hiring for. Nicole, we're gonna take a quick break and we're gonna come right back. This is Change Nation from the first 30 days. We'll be back in a moment. Welcome back to Change Nation. I'm Ariane, and I'm talking with career expert extraordinaire Nicole mm. Williams. Nicole, is it a good idea to take a part-time job while we're looking for jobs? Yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, unequivocally, yes. Because opportunity is found through opportunity. Like there's momentum in that. Like the one place I promise you're not going to find a job is on your couch watching like reruns of Law and Order. Like, yes, get out there. Try a job. Talk with people about what you're interested in. And especially if it's going to enhance the skill set of the specific job that you're looking for in the area. I'm a big proponent of interning, frankly. It's like anything is better than sitting at home. And interning is this great opportunity to prove yourself. For you, this is the other thing too, Aaron, when people make 
rash decisions relative to their employer so that you're not on the street six months later because we all know that there are some Looney Tune bosses out there and investors and businesses out there. You know, internship is an opportunity for you too to be able to try out this job, this boss. You know, is this somewhere I want to invest my time? I'm kind of, I work from the perspective of you as an employee actually have a lot of power if you're working this correctly and should make your decision relative to your employer, you know, that's a big decision. You, you need to ask some questions and invest in that process. Is now a good time where you think you can be picky, you can negotiate title, you can negotiate salary, or do you just think, take it? Yeah, no, I think now more than ever, it, it, salary is a different thing. Like, you know, money trades for money. In this kind of economy, money is hard. But there are so many things that you can be negotiating for. Now is the time to negotiate for the title, for the corner office, for an extra week off in vacation, for, you know, your own personal computer to be able to work better from home. There, There is real tangible dollar value to these, um, you know, things that you can be negotiating for. So I think now's time to be creative because they may not be able to write the bottom line check because that is a reality of what's happening. But at the same time, there are a lot of things that you can be asking for that uh, actually are meaningful. When people actually get the job, what sort of mistakes do you see people make when they're actually starting a new job? When you're starting a job, starting and leaving is the time when you have the most impact. It is it is in those first few weeks, people think, oh, I'm just going to ride this out. I, I don't, nobody's giving me direction yet. I sort of, I'm not on the radar. Biggest mistake you can ever make is to lay low those first couple of weeks. You're, you're establishing your reputation. It's those first two weeks that you do come in early and you do stay late. And if you're not being given work, you find it. You, you listen and watch what is needed and you step up. You want to be known as the hard worker because three months from now, when you do need to take a day off to, you know, tend to a personal issue, you you do show up late. There's so much more grace in that because you're known as the person who, you know, it's in anything. Your rep- reputation is built in those first couple of weeks. You know, what do you want them to know about you? And think strategically about that. Now is not the time to be laying low. It is the time to dress act, you know, this is now the time to play up your game. More important, and then leaving a job is always where you make the most Tell us about leaving. What are people doing in the leaving side? Oh, they do not, like, tie up loose ends. They think that sometimes it is a bad situation, but the truth is, you know, you don't want to burn any bridges. This is a person who you may encounter again, and sometimes you're just so excited to get the hell out of there. You're like, bye-bye. You know, you don't even clear off your desk. You don't, let alone manage client relationships. You know, there's a transition and a turnover, and not only are your clients going to be aware of that, your boss is going to be aware of that, and this person is going to be giving you references. I promise you the world's small you're going to see them again so you you know you leave poorly and all that great work you did for the years months whatever weeks previous it is all forgotten in a bad leave um, which I completely agree I've seen that happen you know in companies all around and and I keep telling people you know the world is small you've got to like you know Take care of your contacts, take care of your relationships. Absolutely. And especially in this climate of layoff, people are mad and they're like, I'm you laid me off. You know, this is no fair. They're going to they're going to sabotage themselves because the economy will get better and people will know that you're the sore loser. You're the one who, 
you know, people don't want to lay people off. This isn't fun. Like, this environment is not fun for an employer or business owner. And I think that that's what employees can do is have some, I know it's happening to you, so it's hard. But, you know, we don't want this any more than you do. And, you know, it's pressure filled. There's a lot involved. And having a little empathy for your employer can actually go a long way. And, you know, six months later, I'm hiring again, and I'm going to remember that you were the one with a great attitude. Or I know someone else who's hiring, and I'm going to put your name up first. So it's really important. Nicole, right now. in terms of the tools that people are using right mm-hmm. now to find jobs, mm-hmm. I think people probably obsess a bit too much about their resume. Oh, totally. What agree. are they, what? How, how do you let people know that it's not necessarily about the perfect resume? Is oh, it about not. the letter? Is it about the communication, the emails? All what is things. it? Yes, absolutely. And what a great point. Yes, people rely way too heavily. I call resumes are icing on the cake. If you're getting a job, if you think you're going to get this job because of this resume, you're just so sorely mistaken, especially in this economy, because I'm getting 100 resumes a day and they all look the same. So where you can differentiate yourself, y'all, y'all have the same degree, like, you know, came from a different school. You all have, relatively speaking, the same experience base. That's it. Just at the end of the day, is irrelevant. Cover letters are immensely important. This is your opportunity. This is a letter. This isn't a form letter. This isn't dear sir, dear madam. That's the worst mistake you could make. Write to me. And in the first sentence, hello, tell me something good about myself and my business. Like, tell me that you've been on the website, that you admire what we've been working on. You know, again, with Google, there's just no reason that you haven't seen a press release, like that you you don't know who this person is or what this company has accomplished. So in that first sentence, your hook is them, you know, not how great I am for the job, how great you are. Then you got me into the second sentence. Now I know you're really smart. <laughs> now you get me into the second sentence. And now you make the connection why you're good for me. But that cover letter is immensely powerful. People totally underutilize and undervalue it. And then it's once you've had an interview based on that great cover letter and, you know, requisite resume, um, at that stage, it's a follow-up note. And I really believe in the power of a handwritten note. I think you got to do it fast, you know, because obviously the benefit to email is I can send that to you. But truthfully, it's more meaningful to me if you've gone home and actually have written this because I'm going to get a hundred email thanks very much for meeting with, which is absolutely required. Like you, you've got to thank me somehow, an employer somehow. But really, the handwritten note is a really lost art. And... It's, it can go a long way. Nicole, how do you feel about LinkedIn and Facebook mm-hmm. and all these other ways right now that people are using to promote themselves? Yeah. Is it good? Is it not good? Should they do more? It's great. It, it, it is great. But I, I can tell you from experience, my own experience, of not being there's a lot of people who aren't as technically savvy as you are. So you've got all your information out there, but I can I, I work with 50 year olds and let me promise you, they're not going on LinkedIn to find you. So to rely so heavily on that is not to your best advantage. Hands down, the best way to get a job is to talk with people face to face, meet them, ask for information interviews. People love to talk about themselves. You know, it is just getting in front of people and building a relationship and rapport, and then they will introduce you on and you will find a job that way. It's sort of the in-person LinkedIn that I believe in. It's like the in-person Facebook. Here's my face, (laughs) you know. Nicole, any projects you're working on? Anything you want to share with Uh, our listeners? Just, you know... 
again, it's so funny because now is a time where, you know, business is tough and people are asking hard questions. But truly, I've decided that I'm going to practice what I preach. And that means I'm going to presume that I will succeed through this time. And I'm looking for opportunity where other people have started to lay down. And so, yeah, this new book called Girl on Top, which is the top 20 dating rules turned career strategies. And, uh, you know, we've just sold that to Warner Brothers. And, you know, I'm very excited about the prospect of that being, you know, fictionalized. I think there's a character there. <laughs> Let's and it might be you. Yeah. <laughs> Nicole, thanks so much. Great tips. Great wisdom. I know people are going to listen to this one a lot. No, and thank you. And you've got a great site. And the first 30 days, there's, you know, that is make it or break it. There's just such importance in that time frame. And you're doing great work. And it's thank very you, helpful. Thanks for being a fellow change optimist. Mm, yes. For more information on Nicole, her, her great books and all her work and wisdom. And I believe you have a daily mm-hmm. email. Newsletter. newsletter. Yep. Please visit her website at www.nicolewilliams.com. And that's N-I-C-O-L-E-W-I-L-L-I-A-M-S.com. Thanks for being with us on Change Nation. For more fascinating interviews, expertise, inspiration, be sure to check us out online at first30days.com. And you, of course, can download us on iTunes as well. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.